0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Gospel reading from Mark chapter 8, particularly the beginning of the conversation between Jesus and His disciples read a couple of moments ago. One of the most important questions, if not the most important question over the last two millennia, is who is Jesus? Who do you say that Jesus is? It's one of the most important questions because it determines your eternal destiny. So it is meet, right, and salutary, to borrow the phrase from the liturgy, to spend some time looking into the answer. Many people over the years have answered it in many different ways. And it all depends on their relationship with Jesus. On the one extreme, you have the religious elite who feared him as a radical extremist or a lunatic. For those who didn't believe, but were a bit more favorable, he was a miracle worker or a moral reformer. For those whose hearts were pricked by the Holy Spirit's conviction of their sins, he was maybe John the Baptist Elijah, or one of the Old Testament prophets. And all these answers are wrong. That's why Jesus asked his disciples the same question. And Peter, answering for the group, got it partially right. But as we ponder the question, let's see why all these other answers are wrong. Who do you say Jesus is? There are many who say that Jesus is a lunatic. Because he said a bunch of crazy things about himself. Like, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Or I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, except through me. And there are many others. But these suffice to make you understand that Jesus either is who he says he is, or he's a lying lunatic. Who do you say Jesus is? The chief priests and the scribes drugged Jesus before Pilate. What was their charge in order to get him executed? We have found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is the Christ, a king. And when that didn't work, they upped the ante. He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee even to this place. They wanted him gone, because his teaching was too radical for their established orthodoxy. And when all else fails, they exchange Jesus for Barabbas, a truly radical extremist. The sinless Son of God was crucified, the murderous insurrectionist was saved. Who do you say Jesus is? Jesus was well known for his miracles. Even when he commanded people not to tell anyone what he had done for them, they went out and told everybody all that he had done. Herod Antipas was excited to see him because he wanted to see a miracle of his own, like having his own personal magician. Even John the Baptist seemed to have his reservations about Jesus. He sent two disciples to check him out. And Jesus tells those disciples, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. All of the signs and miracles were great. But it was the last thing that was the most important. Who do you say Jesus is? The Sermon on the Mount can be boiled down to nothing more than a manifesto trying to create people with higher morals. Telling people, you are the salt of the earth. But if that salt has lost its taste, how shall its tastiness, saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And it went downhill from there. Anger and hatred equal murder. A lustful look equals adultery. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And of course, one of my personal favorites, do not be anxious about your life. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Coming out of what people might consider his role in the universe is, we look to the answers the disciples gave Jesus from the common people they were ministering to. Who do you say Jesus is? The first person the disciples announce is John the Baptist. Herod even thought this early in Jesus' ministry. John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For many people, the only way Jesus could do all the signs and miracles that he did was to be a resurrected saint. A very superstitious idea. And superstitions don't work out well. They only lead to false beliefs. Jesus was not a resurrected John the Baptist. He worked his miracles through his own divine power. Who do you say Jesus is? Another option was Elijah. After all, the prophet Malachi had promised that God would send Elijah before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. He hadn't come back yet. Maybe this Jesus of Nazareth was Elijah, returned from heaven, reincarnated, or something along those lines. Coming down from the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples asked Jesus, after having seen Moses and Elijah with Jesus, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come? Jesus replied, I tell you that Elijah has come. And they did to him whatever they pleased, as it was written of him. Elsewhere, Jesus told the crowds, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. Because John came in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Finally, who do you say Jesus is? Many thought that his preaching was like one of the Old Testament prophets. God had established an everlasting covenant with Abraham and with his descendants after him. The Jews prided themselves on their descent from Abraham. And God sent the prophets to remind the people of God's covenant with Abraham. God also promised a prophet like Moses who would arise from among the people. But the people didn't typically have too much respect for the prophets. Sure, they revered those whose words were recorded and handed down with the scriptures. But as they say, hindsight is twenty-twenty. The first century Jews revered the Old Testament prophets, but the people who lived in the prophets' times had no reverence for them. You can read all that happened to Jeremiah as he proclaimed God's word against the false prophets. Or as the preacher to the Hebrews put it at the end of his Hall of Fame chapter, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering around in deserts and mountains. Although Jesus was not one of the Old Testament prophets, he suffered like them for his preaching. He preached the great gift of hope that God works and gives to his people. Hope that doesn't put to shame. All right, so if all of these answers are wrong, who is Jesus? Who should we say Jesus is? Jesus asked the apostles, but who do you say that I am? And Peter responds for the group, you are the Christ. So what does it mean for Jesus to be the Christ? Christ is the Greek translation for the Hebrew word Messiah. The Messiah is anointed for a purpose. In the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed to fill their offices. All of these were messiahs, but they weren't the messiah, the one promised from way back. This messiah was promised to our first parents in the Garden of Eden, the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. But leads to the idea of a military ruler, a great king who would vanquish every foe. We sang with that kind of gusto last week. But for us fights the valiant one, whom God himself elected. He holds the field forever. This great valiant warrior was what the first century Jews in Palestine were looking for when they thought of the Messiah. This idea had been passed down because, well, he was supposed to be the son of David. But also, when Sarah's name was changed to Sarah, God said, kings of people shall come from her. And toward the end of the great psalm, As we strip the altar on Monday Thursday, David writes, kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. The Messiah as king over all things is a very scriptural idea, but is easily deflected from its true meaning. We focus so far on the beginning of our gospel reading, and Peter gives the correct answer. He says the right words, but he has that deflected meaning of those words. After all, he makes this confession a week before the transfiguration where he wants to build three tents, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. Peter knew or thought he knew the right words to say, but there were many times that he spoke when he did not know what to say. After Peter's confession of Jesus as the Christ, Jesus tells him exactly what being the Christ means, what he has been anointed to do. And his anointing is nowhere close to what they think. Who should you say Jesus is? He is Isaiah's suffering servant. That's the focus of our hymns this morning. Was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Go to dark Gethsemane, all who feel the tempter's power. Your Redeemer's conflict see. Watch with him one bitter hour. Thou art the portion I have sought Thy precious blood my soul has bought. Let us suffer here with Jesus, and with patience bear our cross. Joy will follow all the sadness. Where he is, there is no loss. Jesus used Peter's confession to prepare the apostles for what would soon happen. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. By this death, we have also obtained access into this grace in which we stand. We stand in grace because Jesus has claimed us as his own, not because of anything in us. He has justified us by his blood. Everything that makes us able to stand in God's grace comes from him, even the faith to believe that he is the Savior of the world. Who else should you say that Jesus is? As a suffering servant, he was sent into the world for its salvation. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This salvation comes at the price of suffering many things and being rejected by everyone. Not just the chief priests and elders and scribes. Jesus was rejected by his apostles as well. One betrayed him. One denied even knowing him the rest scattered to the winds when he was arrested. His suffering has granted us forgiveness. But it also brings on us our own suffering. We suffer for the sake of Christ when we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. We suffer willingly because we know that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. This hope is the peace with God which Jesus provides for us. This hope does not put us to shame. Who do you say Jesus is? Jesus is the Christ, the suffering servant, the Savior of the world. He has granted us peace with God. He is the living embodiment of hope. Hope that came true on Easter morning. The third day after he suffered, died, and was buried. Jesus is the one and only hope for the world. Only through his suffering are we able to rest assured that our eternal destiny is in heaven. It's only the most important question you can ask. The wrong answer results in eternal torment. The right answer in eternal bliss. Amen.